What's up, everybody? I'm Justin Maytack here with my sister, Melissa Matak. Hey, everybody. And we're here with a special guest, Jason Perez from Every Night is Game Night. Yo, my peoples, what's up? <laughs> and today we're doing a roll for thought where we're going to be talking about IPs being used in board gaming. Yeah, and first Wait. I want to say I'm super excited to have Jason Perez on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. This is great, man. Thank you so much for the invite. I really get invited to other people's podcasts. I usually have a billion people on mine, uh, <laughs> but being invited on somebody else is really exciting. I don't have to edit. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want. We'll send no, you the yeah, file. We have no problem. No problem. That is not happening. That is not a thing. <laughs> you guys have fun with the editing. <laughs> All right. Well, for IPs, the first thing I was thinking about was when I kind of came up with the topic, I was thinking about when board games use IPs and it's a terrible game. It's a pure cash grab. Specifically, I was thinking about uh, Stranger Things and they came out with like, you know, the gimmicky ego box or whatever. And I thought, okay, cool. You know, it goes with the show. And then I found out the game is absolute trash and I hate when publishers or designers, whatever it might be, do this. It's like, please, please. It could have been such a cool game, you know, Stranger Things. Like you have the perfect theme to make an amazing game and you just didn't. Yeah, with Stranger Things, like that theme, you have so many options for to make a good game. It like, I guess it kind of reminds me of the Cthulhu theme, and yeah, that's been used a ton in board gaming. But they've made a ton of great games using it. How did they screw this up with Stranger Things? Right, and of course, it's not just Stranger Things. It's tons and tons of games. They even do this in video games, right? It's all about the cash grab and whatnot. I don't know how old you guys are, so I can reveal my age. I'm 42 years old. I was a kid when the original hot garbage IP game came out, like the paradigm. There is no ever beating this game. I remember going to the store and buying it. It was E.T. for the Atari 2600. So... Okay. This game, like people were so excited about it, and like the, the movie was just come out, it was you know the, it was all the rage and Atari. Everybody had Atari and everything, and I was like, oh, oh I'm gonna go and play this. And then you play it, and you can't even recognize the pixelated garbage. And you're walking, and you don't know why you're walking because it didn't explain to you why you're walking. And then you fell down a pit, and then you couldn't like move in the pit, and you had to like kind of lift yourself up. And it's like, okay, there's a key here, and da, 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 da. and like it was just a totally <laughs> it was a total garbage game. And I think it's like such famous garbage that they buried all the copies in like Arizona or something. Yeah, I've heard that story. I've heard that, yes. I yeah, have heard was, that. There was recently, they, someone recently found it. And I think the, those cartridges, they were exhumed and distributed. And they, you can now buy it for like 150 bucks. That original, oh just God. terrible garbage game. So of like course. that was the original IP garbage. Oh <laughs> A proud tradition that is that is signaled by games like your Stranger Things game, which I would have known just to avoid completely. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't I did, play it. I read the reviews first. I did read. I did read a uh, a story about like the making of the ET game, and it makes all the sense in the world. So, like, when you have an IP, it's usually like a company buys licenses the IP right from the publisher, and like they both kind of have this deadline that they set, and the deadline is usually in coordination with like, you know, some big release or like, I'm going to release a movie, we're going to release a toy line, we're going to release the new season of a show. And it's like, okay, you have this much time to make a game with this thing. Go. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. uh, 
<laughs> what am I supposed yeah. to do here? So <laughs> as opposed to like a regular game where it's like, okay, it's done when it's done, you know, with an IP game, oftentimes it's just no, there's no time to make it. So it just like, okay, uh, you have six weeks to make this thing. And the, the guy who made the ET game is like, uh, my last game that I made cost uh, was like 50 something weeks. How am I supposed to make a game in six? Like, just just figure it out. Don't worry about it. You're, you're good at this thing. Go ahead. And <laughs> he made a piece of garbage. <laughs> but it was, and they bake up the company. I mean, Atari, like, you know, had to go into some sort of full closure. It was a big mess. Um, but it's almost as if people kind of don't learn. It's because you get these kind of, you know, failures of varying levels of spectacularity just kind of like pervade. You know, we we're always seem to be plagued by some kind of like really noteworthy piece of garbage. That is actually true. But when you, as you were talking, I'm wondering, because there's a lot of board games now that are out where they don't have the IP, but it's clearly based off of, you know, some sort of IP. I'm thinking about like Dinosaur Island. Um, And I'm wondering if it would be more beneficial for the designers or whatever, and I'm not entirely sure of the process, but for the designers to maybe create the game with that IP in mind and then see if they could get the IP. And then if not, you just say, okay, it's not Jurassic Park or whatever. Uh, and then you just pump out the game and it's still a good game. And, you know, and people know what it is anyway. I mean, it's, it's, it all depends on like what the, so I can see a fantasy flight, right? So fantasy flight has, they basically live off their IPs. Yeah. And they released, what was it, Game of, like they do, when Game of Thrones was hot, they released all these Game of Thrones games. They released mm-hmm. a trivia game, they already they already had the board game from a, a previous license, and like the big map with the, the area control thing that takes like seven hours to complete, which is actually <laughs> a really good game. It's an example of a yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, but they also released like Hand of the King, which was this like card thing, and they released a, a, a Cosmic Encounter variant. Like they were just like, Put 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 crap and stuff out. So that, as you were saying before, like you know, um, in terms of Dinosaur Island, like here's a game, Cosmic Encounter. It's all negotiation. It's all like you know, back and forth and st- backstabbing and everything. How can that not fit Game of Thrones? And then they layer Game of Thrones on there, and it is not good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. even when you design for the, the game, it might not end up being very good. You know, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, Although Cosmic also- Encounter came out. Much earlier than Game sure. of Thrones. Yeah, because yeah, even with Dinosaur Island, even though I think it was inspired probably from that concept behind Jurassic Park, they didn't have the specific Jurassic Park IP in mind when create. I think, at, at least in terms of the gameplay. And sure, you can spin it on to have the IP of Jurassic Park on there pretty easily. But I wonder how much it's really going to feel like, oh, man, this is reminding me of Jurassic Park and what happens in the movies and stuff. Whereas most of it will probably just be minor nods while the mechanics aren't really coming through. So it's not like you can just paste the theme onto a game and have it really feel like the IP. You either have the IP completely there or I think you don't. Because if you just paste it on, I don't think it'll work that well. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm of two minds when it comes to that, like, because, I mean, IPs, when you get an IP, it just feels like there's going to be a lot of chefs in the kitchen, you know? Uh, you can, it's never, like, going to be a designer, like, pitches a thing, and then, you know, another place will just, oh, I'm just going to put the IP into the game. Like, once you once you have 
that IP going. You're going to have all these lawyers. You're going to have the corporations. You're going to have all these people that are kind of like, well, the game should be this, and the game should be marketed this way, and the game should be you should make it this way. So let's market it this way. I just feel like, and maybe I'm that this is me like being a democratic socialist cynic that is just like <laughs> down on all corporations ever, but, <laughs> but like it, it just it feels like. Okay, not to say that there aren't great IPs. We're going to talk about some great IP games, and the best, the best games, I think, the corporate side and the 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 deadlines and the you know the targets, like that's where they don't, like where, where it doesn't interfere. So like I bet I bet a game like Stranger Things, like you were mentioning, it's just like okay, let's aim this right at target. Let's aim for this mm -hmm. many copies pumped out, and it's in this. Like they really dictate what it is before the game's even like devised. So, you know, I think that's in terms of like, you know, talking about IP games, where they go wrong. I think that that's, that's where they go wrong, which is too many chefs, too many corporate chefs in the kitchen. Like what you're describing, Justin, is like where people are making that like an inspired game. I don't know that that's like a thing, you know, like where people just like make the game they want and then like they hunt for the IP afterwards, you know? That makes sense. Yeah, that well, does make sense. <laughs> So we've been talking about a lot of negatives. What about the positives? <laughs> it's so what fun are... to talk to yeah. nonsense. It, it, it is a lot of fun. Like, <laughs> it's just completely trash. Yeah. So yes. I love hating on board games. I love <laughs> it. Like... <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> Trashing the corporations as we speak. But Actually, what... Well, yeah. well um, I mean, before, I know we we're going to talk about some of the good stuff, but like, mm -hmm. I do have some games that are better. But they're okay. kind of flawed. So, like, because I actually think, and I know I talked about Atari, I think there's some games out there that have IPs, but then they're pretty good. But they just, I, I feel like they kind of fall short a little bit of the mark. I think it in terms of like Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle, I don't know if you guys have played that one. I have. I yeah. have. You I, have? I've played it. Do you like it? I do like I've only gotten through the first uh, three books so far. Um, okay. And they're very, very easy to beat. But. I like what it is trying to do, I think. So like the first three games are super easy. And yeah. it's like, okay, what am I doing here? It's like basically daddy's first um, deck builder. Right. And then you get to book four and it's actually good. Like, you know, good. Like okay. they, they add enough they wrinkles and it's all whatever. And then you get to books five, six, and seven. And it's just a slog. Like they just add, 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 add. They don't subtract anything. And oh, okay. so you end up like being there for two and a half hours, <laughs> which is way longer <laughs> than you need to be like, like some simple deck builder that can just kill you in five minutes. So like, huh. I feel like there's a lot of games out there that are pretty good. Like the, I, like they really try to honor the IP. They're just kind of a little bit underbaked. So I think of that one, I don't know if you mm -hmm. guys have played Thanos Rising, the Avengers game from a couple years ago, the dice roller. I, I, have. I know it. I yeah, just, I, uh, I haven't had interest in playing that one. I'm not, you're not an Avengers person? Oh. I, I am an Avengers person. It hurts the me, game hurts itself me. didn't seem all that appealing for me. I'm kind of yeah. eh on the Avengers theme. Oh, really? Oh, man. Well, I, I watched all the movies. I liked it. I, I got tired of it towards the end. So by the time that game came out, I wasn't like super pumped about the theme. It's a skippable game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's it's not bad. It's just another one of those things where it's like the game is decent, but I think like there wasn't a lot of dev time. If that, if that uh, makes right. sense. Yeah, that's the yeah. uh, what I was getting from it. It felt like a or it looked like a skippable game, so I skipped it. Yeah. 
So, so you know, we're trying to yuck up a little bit. You know, we t- we started by talking a little bit of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. I had a feeling you were warming up to talk about some better IPs. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I love cool. loving on games. That's what I do. Yeah. There you go. Um, you guys are yin and yang over there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, what are some things that we do look for in IPs? What makes a good uh, IP game a good one, I guess, is mm. the question. Like, is it the mechanics? Is it, or does is it okay for the mechanics? This is something that I've been thinking about. Is it okay for the mechanics to suffer a little bit to push the theme farther is that okay like is it make it does it make it more fun i don't know what do you think justin i i'm thinking as of right now it can't be too forced where the mechanics just feel like super wonky or anything like that if you can do it well though absolutely like i think that if your mechanics don't make sense towards the theme you're hurting the game way more than like trying to force like the thing that i'm immediately thinking of is just war of the ring that's an, a game that uses an IP, and it really uses that IP. Like, every aspect of the game really feels like you're using that IP. And one aspect being the whole uh, playing as Sauron when you're searching for the ring, like, as you roll the dice and your eyes come up, like, that goes towards the search. That plays into it. Like, you actually mentioned to me, Melissa, of how, like, Sauron's obsessed with finding the ring kind of thing. Like, I, that didn't even click to me as I was rolling the dice playing as Sauron. But it's like, yeah, that that was awesome. And I don't care that I'm rolling dice and this is happening. Some people might gawk at that and be like, oh, you're rolling dice, bad mechanics, something like that. For me, I don't care. I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I'm losing dice. But I don't care because it's working so nicely towards the theme. And I feel like that's just one small piece of how many things work so nicely towards the theme in War of the Range. I think, like, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that about, like, how the game feels, you know, how the mechanics kind of make you feel. The, you know, all these IPs, like, they're not just names. Then, you know, like, you can say, we can put Luke and Leia together and make them Funko Pops and just make them fight. And, <laughs> you know, people can call it an IP and, and that's the end of the day. And that's fine and whatever. Like, I remember, like, um, I had Sam Healy on my show. He was talking about like beating up Bruce Lee with Blanche from the Golden Girls and Funkleverse. Right, right. like, great, great. <laughs> but if you... <laughs> he says that all the time. Uh... <laughs> Love that. <laughs> the Golden Girls. I'm gonna kick your butt. <laughs> so I mean, you could go that direction with IPs, and that's perfectly cool. But like, if you really want to deliver on an awesome game, you have to kind of know the IP from the inside out. Like, you have to be a real geek for it. And yeah. not just like, you know, like be familiar, like the Lord of the Rings is a perfect example because you can approach that game in a reductive way, uh, approach the IP in a reductive way where it's Lord of the Rings is like, oh, it's generic fantasy. Let's just like make things with dwarves and elves and call it Lord of the Rings. And like, I, I, if you guys have played Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth, the fantasy flight game, yeah, I, a little bit. I kind of think that game veers towards that end of like, it's a little like, okay, this is a reskin descent. I, I don't, this isn't Lord of the Rings. You know, this doesn't feel like how the books make me feel. And I don't need the same exact story, but just make me, put me in that space, put me in that world. I like to, I like to say, put me in the headspace. Headspace is like kind of my thing when it comes to reviews. So, like, what's the headspace, Lord of the Rings? It's Sauron looking for the ring. It's, you know, hobbits, like, you know, dodging from here to here to here. It's 
you know, soaked in nonsensical lore and it's <laughs> elvish poems that don't make any sense. <laughs> and it's all these things that you can jam into a game. And if you do it right, it becomes this amazing thing. So like you really, I, I, so like for me, the best IP games take the whole IP seriously, if that makes sense. And then Absolutely. transfer that into mechanisms as much as possible. Yeah, okay. I know one way that Melissa described it was uh, to me before was it felt like there was a lot of love went into War of the Ring. And whenever okay. you're using an IP, I think that's exactly how it should feel. Like a lot of love went into this game and into this IP. Yeah. And one thing I'm thinking of, though, is because I also know for some games, and I do think that a lot of love should go into these games and that it should uh, or the game should really know the IP and bring it out. But I think that it's also okay to let go of some things of the IP to make a better game. Um, So things like Lord of the Rings, Journeys into My Little Earth, I don't know. Maybe some things needed to be taken out. That way, the game itself worked, right? So I'm also thinking of, like, Battlestar Galactica, right? Some of that stuff wasn't quite in the show, right? It was, you're kind of, like, jumping around, whatever, and then some of the things in the show didn't quite come out, but they made the mechanics work at the expense of some of the story elements, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I feel like um, with some, like you don't have to reproduce the IP. You don't have to like be in the world. But I think that there are elements in every IP that make it distinct. And you just kind of need enough of them, if that makes sense. You know, so Battlestar, yeah. it's kind of a graduated uh, space adventure. So, and with, you know, with the traitor and the Cylons and all that kind of thing, like you don't need, I don't need the entire story beat for beat. I just need a, a little bit of a sense of, what that game is and then you know make whatever game you want like i happen to think as an example uh legendary encounters alien is a thematic game in the sense mm -hmm. that like you know it's, it's it's legendary like legendary is just a deck builder deck builders are not very themeless but in alien the threat row kind of just comes out and it's face down and then when you reveal the cards like this alien <laughs> <laughs> and the art is gnarly and like that's not alien i mean there's all sorts of like alien is such a bigger ip than that but like that one part that's like core to the experience of watching alien the horror movie which is the first one like you know just okay i don't know what's there and then i turn the corner and bleh alien and it you know rips my face off and i can't kill it like you know like so in that game you kind of like just you're not really killing aliens you're just like you're just kind of dodging and you know points and everything uh or at least I, like if i remember that eight game correctly so i just feel like you know you don't have to get everything right just isolate enough of the main things of what people enjoy and then deliver that in your game and then you can kind of like you said but like melissa you know dress up it up with whatever mechanics you want like if you want to make a you know a deck builder if you want to make a social deduction game if you want to make all sorts of games in the ip there's room for it just pick something that is in the actual IP and they'll just like jam something in there, make it generic or whatever. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And the game that I was thinking of while you were speaking was like just kept coming to mind was like Disney Villainous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, game. Good, good, good example. Right. Like because you're not, it doesn't feel like you're playing through any of these villains' movies or anything like that. But enough of the IP is showing up there and the personal objectives and stuff where 
still feels very thematic and true to the IP, though it's not hitting it beat for beat. Uh, isn't it a thing like, you know, like if you need, if you, as long as Humpty Dumpty are together and like some card effect happens when they fall off a, a wall, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not really all you need. Like, I, I like yeah. to think, I like to say a uh, theme is like a magic trick. It, it's all, like, you know, don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the, the card flip, but don't look at the mechanics. Just, okay, look at this, you know, point your brain towards this other thing. And you don't have, like, the, the game doesn't have to have all the thematic bits. It doesn't have to, like, hold you by the hand and, and drag you bit by bit. Just point me in the right direction. <laughs> you know? Give right. me a nod. Like, I mean, uh, how do the villainous, um, like, some of the decks, like, just work differently depending on who the who the hero is or who the character is, right? Yeah, yeah. depending on the villain, the decks are different for each one. Yeah, so like you know, just play like if I'm playing Corolla Deville, just like you know, give me a bunch of little puppies and exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like you don't need more than that. I, yeah. I have an active imagination. Most of us that are playing games have active imaginations. It's your best resource, game designers. Just you know, point us in that direction. It's great. All right. Well, maybe we could head on into what are three games that we think are the best at doing. Just that, adding the IP to the board game with our top three list. I was thinking, Justin, you could start it off with your number three. All right, awesome. Quick honorable mention, though, is War of the Ring, because <laughs> you, uh, we never played a full game yet, so I, it didn't hit the list for me. Yeah, I, list. I played a full game of that, and it absolutely should be a proud place on any list. That game is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I just know it would have hit the list if we had played the full game. That's what's hurting me. So I had to say it. Uh, but for I didn't order this list that well, honestly. I'm not. It could change at any point. But my number three for right now is Mets versus Minions. It's based off of the League of Legends IP, and honestly, it hits this list because I love League of Legends. I probably have over. 2,000 hours of gameplay minimum on that game, and that really is lowballing it. Um, but the game Mets versus Minions decided to take that IP and not say, "Hey, I'm not remaking League of Legends on a board game." They're not. They did not do that, and I love that they didn't do it. They took four characters, took different aspects from their lore, gave different nods to the actual in-game abilities. And you're killing minions while pushing bombs along or deading crystals and whatnot. It just had enough nods towards League of Legends, which really shoots it up there for me. And also the uh, component quality is incredible in that game. So yeah, Mets versus Minions. I love I Mets versus love... Minions. It's great. It did not make it my list, but it's a very good choice. Yeah, I actually that one slipped my mind, but I do really like that game. Almost slipped my mind. Almost. <laughs> Once I remembered, I was like, nah, gotta hit the list. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, my number three, I didn't care that I only played half a game of it. I put War of the Ring just because. <laughs> um, and this is why it's I my need. number three because we, you know, haven't played it, but. I mean, it's just oozing with you. You could tell from the first like two minutes of playing it, it's it's there in spades, and I love it already. Um, and I I definitely want to play the full game. We still have it set up in our yeah, basement. Exactly, we still have it set up. We're halfway through. 
and we both really have felt the theme. So I, yeah. I'm sorry for calling you out there. Melissa. No, it's yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so that's my number three, War of the Ring. Nice. So uh, my number three is a game from. So this, I might be cheating a little bit. It doesn't have the official IP here, but it is so soaked in the IP that I just kind of had to add it in there. It is Street Masters. I don't know if you okay. guys have heard of Street Masters at all. I actually, not. yeah, I don't. I've not heard of that one. Street Masters is from the brothers Sadler, Brady and Adam Sadler from Blacklist Games. It's their first game, and it is based on the Double Dragon IP. If you guys know the Double Dragon uh, video games, the fighting game from Yor. I don't know that game. You I'm guys must be young. We are I'm 22. Young. Oh, you guys are so young. Oh, my God. I'm just so wee boy. 22. I'm, I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta fix my list now. <laughs> I have all old people stuff on here. <laughs> no, this is great. We need some yeah. older stuff on this. We need some old Logic. blood in here. Please. <laughs> uh, so, um, so Street Mask, so Double Dragon is uh, one of the proto side scrolling fighting games. So, like before, like the Mortal Kombat's and the Tekkens and all that kind of thing, like you had you had Double Dragon, which was, um, you know, two guys that are side scrolling and like beating a million enemies. You know, the enemies are just flooding on the screen, and you just you spend the entire time just like kicking butt, and you know, like, like you know, ninja guys. And they ported that to the board game, and the board game ha- it really does a good job of, of not only just like giving you the opportunity to just like you know beat a whole bunch of bad guys up, but it also does like silly things. Like the video game used to do so it's like okay you break a box there's a, a giant turkey and you eat the turkey you get full life so it's like okay in the game you can pull a card which is a loot card and have a giant turkey and <laughs> get to full life and like they, it does the video game thing really well there's a lot of very whimsical but it's also like a really good solid game um it has like you know lots of card play and miniatures it's a really really good game there's a whole bunch of content for it that i haven't even opened up yet um but and I don't have it. There's like a whole like aftershock box. It's like very, very big. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I love Street Masters. If you like Sentinels of the Multiverse, I guess, have you guys heard of that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we played, played that, that one, times. yeah. This is Sentinels of the Multiverse with a board and with minis and with fighting. So it's it's very, oh. very good. Yeah, that, that actually sounds pretty really cool. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> awesome. So uh, Street Masters from the Sadler Brothers. All right. So. My number two was mentioned before. It is Disney Villainous. So Disney Villainous is a game where each player takes on the role of a Disney villain. And you have your own personal objective with your own uh, normal villain deck. And then a fate deck that other players can flip bad things onto you. The theme just comes out, especially with your personal objectives. Like, a very basic intro one is the Prince John character where he's obsessed with money, so you win the game if you start your turn with 20 coins. Uh, And there's a whole bunch of different things like that, like Jafar needs to start his turn with a couple of items and the genie under his control, things like that. I also love that idea of you have to start your turn with these things in order, so you have to, you see that you have it, and then you do a full round of people trying to stop you from being able to win uh, that that's really exciting for me i really enjoy that uh and i think that you really get to feel like you're playing a disney villain so yeah my number two disney villainous 
I've only played it once. It was super fun. I'd love to play it more. Melissa hates it. She does not. Does she hate it? We had a whole sibling rivalry on it. So people argue that it overstays its welcome. I don't think it does. She thinks it definitely does, which is just absurd. It's ridiculous. It it's a completely biased opinion. It's it's disappointing. As opposed to yours, which is completely objective and it's so I like to base my things off of facts and research. You go. Got it. She does it off of feelings. No, 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 no. I do not hate this game. I enjoy it. It does overstay its welcome, and that's all I'll say about that. Okay. My number two <laughs> is Fury of Dracula, specifically mm. fourth edition, because that's the only edition I've played, uh, from Wizkids. The same as third edition. It's not the, It's not different. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Only the minis come painted, so better. No. <laughs> um... Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> better. <laughs> Uh, I think that it definitely brings out that feeling of you're Dracula, you're trying to make your army of vampires, or if you're playing the hunters, you're really feeling like, oh my god, where is this guy? I gotta find him, hunt him down, put a stake through his heart, getting your items. I just, I really love this game. I love to play it. It's one of the few games I really like to play with, um, what's it called, like, uh, music on? What am I mm-hmm. like? Atmospheric music. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I just I, I love vampires, so that's another plus for me. So that's my number two, Fury of Dracula, fourth edition. My number two is uh, you mentioned. I think it was uh, Justin that mentioned uh, the Arkham Files yes. IP. And so there are many, many games to choose from. There's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> a ton of them. Uh, some of them bad, but a lot of them good. Uh, and I think that in terms of servicing an IP, um, video games kind of do it the best, and we kind of talk about why and whatever. But I'm going to pick Eldritch Horror. So the reason I'm okay. picking Eldritch Horror is yeah. it's the least Lovecrafty. Like, I'm not a horror guy, so I, and I'm kind of sick of Cthulhu. I, what I like about Eldritch Horror, though, is that I'm not a huge horror guy. So like, you know, the stuff with the tentacles and the blood and all that kind of thing. I'm, I can, whatever. I'm not a huge, big fan of that. And I think that Cthulhu is overplayed. However, Eldritch Horror feels like Indiana Jones, the board game. Now, Indiana Jones, I love. <laughs> That's that is my stuff. <laughs> I love the archaeologist. I love the world-spanning adventure. I love the getting into hijinks and uh, you know summoning monsters and getting artifacts and like and you know you're mad, but it's like it's kind of like kooky as opposed to trying to get some sort of like you know dark reaction out of you. So I I love what Eldritch Horror does with the with the IP, and I happen to think like in terms of the IP that gets serviced the best. Uh, I I think it is Cthulhu and Lovecraft and everything, only because it's so broad. Like you can go in so many different directions with it. Like you can go in the mystery direction. You can go into the kooky blue. Like you know, I could put stuff, <laughs> stick my hand in front of my face and make the tentacle thing. And some Cthulhu now. I'm like you know, be goofy. But I can also do this adventurous thing, which is like you know, make me real, make me feel like a hero and everything. Um, so there's a whole bunch of reasons why. And of course, we have to mention that Cthulhu is free. Like you, it's in the public domain. It's got, it hit the public domain a long time ago, and 
you don't have to buy the license. You don't have to answer to a corporation, those dirty corporations that I was mentioning before. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want with it. And there's an, it's, it's rich enough and broad enough so that you can do a lot of different games with it. So I picked Eldritch Horror. You could have picked a lot of different games. I know um, the, the, my community would probably pick Arkham Horror, the living card game in this slot as mm. like the best thematic Cthulhu game. I just think that's too expensive. And like, it's just way, there's just so many cards. You have to keep up with the living card game. Not that Eldritch Horror is cheap, but you can get away with having a full game experience with like the base game and an expansion. As opposed to Eldritch, as opposed to the LCG, where it's like this, this kind of pull the constantly buy, buy, buy for it. So it, that that's just a personal preference. I mean, people love the card game. I, I like the card game, so. Uh, but I will go with Eldritch Horror as my number two. Why Cthulhu is and why it serves the Cthulhu theme the best. So before I uh, we can go on to our number ones, if I can uh, impose upon you guys, how do you guys like Cthulhu, and do you like Cthulhu in your games? I personally do like Cthulhu, although we haven't played all that much Cthulhu. I've played the card game. I've played regular Arkham Horror. I've not played Eldritch, and I also just I love the horror theme. So it's sort of right up my alley. And I like it. You know, I like that it's a, a free IP that people can use and really delve into. And I like the whole notion of, you know what? Sometimes bad things just happen. And it's perfect for board games that could that a lot of times use uh, dice in this sort of a merry trash, whatever. It's perfect because, yeah, sometimes you just get bad dice rolls and life happens you know and how are you going to deal with that which is really really cool for me and i personally really like the arkham horror card game so um yeah that's what i think about it really like the card game it's just i can't keep up with it (laughs) (laughs) fine. fine. me neither with what melissa said i feel like i haven't played enough cthulhu games to be tired of it yet and i also do enjoy the horror theme and a game that almost hit my list but didn't make it was Pandemic Cthulhu. Oh, come on, boo! <laughs> I, I don't know why. Of all it's the, the worst pandemic, pandemic. exactly. Everybody <laughs> says that, and I'm just like, no, it's not. It's actually kind of no. It's not kind of fun. Don't no. See, this is what people do. They make you doubt yourself. It is fun. It's not just kind <laughs> of fun. <laughs> I agree with on on this you. one. <laughs> It doesn't get the love it deserves. In exactly. Like it's a good pandemic game. You know what else doesn't get the love it deserves just really quick is Fall of Rome. By oh the my way. god. <laughs> pandemic to Thulu. It's not get the love it deserves. And also, yeah, no, t- people just don't respect Cthulhu and Fall of Rome enough. Like I, I absolutely I love like Fall of Rome. I play it still. It's a great game. I mean, I appreciate that, but that doesn't, you know, really amend what you said before about <laughs> Pandemic Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> I have to like three of your games to make it for that one. <laughs> but I, I actually do like the Cthulhu theme. I'm not a big fan of Arkham Horror, uh, but we've also played it at, with like seven people too many times now. So <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. Exactly. Yep. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't do that again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I had to pick, like, because uh, I do a series in my show called Best in Class. If I had to pick, like, a best in class IP and games that service the IP, as much as it pains me 
because I don't love the Arkham Files, it's probably Arkham. There's more good games for that IP for various reasons, and a lot of it being, you know, because it's free. But it's yeah. it just like the, that IP is just so much more well-serviced than a lot of other ones. Yeah, that IP clearly has just gotten a lot of love in the games that's been made. Like, the development in these games have... They've had a few just bangers kind of thing. Like, I think there's got to be at least two or three games that are in the top 100 on BGG that use that IP. Probably like more. five. Yeah, I was at, like, <laughs> started bunch. thinking about more and more. It's like, no, there's definitely more. I think that's really impressive. All right, so let's get to our number ones. We're getting on number ones. I'm excited. All right. My number one uh, was brought by Melissa. It's the best edition. It's Fury of Dracula, fourth edition. Uh, don't get third edition. It's trash now. Fourth edition is where it's at. Colored minis for days. Now, but Fury of Dracula is the hidden movement in the game really made it for me. Like seeing Dracula put down those cards was just really exciting. Like when you see them put down like a water card, and I believe Dracula takes damage when. Uh, yeah. goes into water, right? Like that aspect. So much of it is very exciting, but also you kind of feel that theme of like Dracula just, you know, moving around secretly while four hunters are chasing, and like there's Van Helsing and three other hunters. I don't remember their names, but still, it's really cool to read about them and stuff when you play the game. And like Melissa said, also playing with the music in the background really amplifies the game. Like just adds this level of intensity. And that the whole timer works really well. So, yeah, my number one, Fury of Dracula. All right. Well, I completely agree with that pick, obviously. My number one has shown up on almost all of my lists. And I, I already spoke about this a little bit earlier. I nodded to it. It is Battlestar Galactica, the board game. This is one of the games that really, I guess, brought us into the hobby, that in Pandemic, but Battlestar Galactica is oozing with the show's theme. I love the show. I had watched the show first, and then when I found out that there's a board game on it, I was like, what? So then I played it, and it was so awesome. I was like, wow, like board games could do this with the traitor aspect, which was new to me, and just seeing how a board, can, how a board game can really bring an IP to life and have you feel like, yeah, I'm in this world right now that somebody else created. And I feel that tension of, are you a Cylon? Are you a skin job? I'm not the skin job, you know? And it was just so much fun. Love this game forever and always. My number one is Battlestar Galactica, the board game. Never played it. You never played it? Oh, no, it's too uh -huh. long. <laughs> No, <laughs> you're missing out. It's great. You're missing out. <laughs> I have played much of Dead of Winter, though. I know that is an echo that game <laughs> of ESG. Uh, yeah, I, it's okay. I like Dead of Winter, but I, I just, I really think that BSG is so much better. I know that the time length is off, which is actually why we don't play it nearly as much as we used to. But yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think it. I just think it's better. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I will. I mean, it's on my to-do list. I mean, it, it, I have a giant list of games that I want to play, especially cooperative games. I know that's semi-co-op. I, I count it. So I definitely want to play BSG at some point. I just found out that you guys live in Brooklyn, New York. So at some point, <laughs> when I'm in Brooklyn and you guys are playing BSG, hit me up. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely, yes. Very cool. So my number one is kind of a okay. So the two games that I picked were not like licensed games. They were, they were IP games, but they were like officially licensed. So I figured, let me not do the dodge thing of like just all just inspired by games. Like, let me pick a, my an actual licensed a corporation talk to a game designer and said okay here do your best so I've, i picked one and it's it actually is a little bit like the game that you guys identified war of the ring but it's star wars star wars rebellion mm. Mm, nice so i really, I really love this game i don't love star wars i'm not a star wars guy I'm more of a fantasy guy lord of the rings and harry potter and uh game of thrones and stuff so space doesn't really get me however i do like the movies and that game, either side, like whether you're the Rebels or you're the Imperium, I, I really dig it. And I have enough, you know, um, familiarity with the characters. So like when Jabba's hunting around and captures Princess Leia because you can have them as people and like the basic card plays is fun. You can kind of like have like these all out, you know, uh, land wars and Hoth and stuff. It's like or on a day go by and it's like oh my this is so good <laughs> i mean and it has that tension of the 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 clock the kind of the round ticker is going on and everything oh man it's a really really good game i've i oh i, I cannot recommend it enough it's like number five on the bgg list but it's completely deserved but like no one talks about it i'm happy to talk about it is star wars rebellion is amazing i feel like people are talking about it <laughs> i don't know but that is a game that I've been really wanting to play. I'm a Star Wars fan. I mean, I watch the movies. I don't. I haven't read the books or anything. I like Star Wars. I love the space theme. Uh, it's one that it was sort of okay. Am I getting War of the Ring first or Star Wars Rebellion? And then we went with War of the Ring because we're more fantasy uh, driven. But yeah, that's probably the next big two-player game. Is it playing two-player games a lot? Then yeah, that's definitely that's a no-brainer. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I sneak in some honorable mentions. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Big Trouble in Little China, the board mm -hmm. game, if you guys are aware yeah. of that movie. I know the more old people movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Sam Neely's talked about it, so I know about it. <laughs> Is that the one in black and white now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that subtitles is done by mimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> silent movie. Uh, no, that's a, it's a very it's you know a thematic fun dice chucker. You know, it's not uh, you don't take it that seriously. Um, I've only played like a, a demo of it, but I just from what I, what I played of it and like being a fan of '80s schlocky movies, uh, really good. Uh, you guys actually had I had Fear of Dracula listed here, so uh, I did not ignore Fear of Dracula. I like that game a lot. Um, Nemo's War, in terms of a game that's based on a book, and I know that's a little bit stretching the definition of license and IP and everything, but yeah, it's a book, and I think that they, I love Nemo's War. It's as much dice rolly fun, and like a lot of weird things happen. Um, Sons of Anarchy for TV. I don't know if you guys are fans of the show Sons of Anarchy. No, I never watched no, I it. Know, I know of it, but I don't. I was never interested in watching it. That's as we were talking about before, like, you know, it doesn't have to be the exact thing. Just like, you know, give me a couple of elements like this one does like the motorcycles and the drug deals and the bags of money, <laughs> the street brawl. And it's a, that's a really fun one. Like kind of underrated. I, like, you know, it's one of those games that could have been terrible because like, OK, here's a game not advertised and I see it on a shelf. And it's like, oh, that, that, that probably bad. You play it. It's actually pretty good. Um, 
And then I just played this game, and I'm actually it's not the best game, but I was it, I admired what it tried to do, and I think it was okay. God of War, the card game. Are you guys? I uh, really want to try that one. Yeah, I played God of War, and yeah. I want to try that one as well. I've yeah. not found the chance yet. Well, it's a deck builder, and so you have to kind of deck builders are they're not. I don't I don't find deck builds very thematic. You have to really do a lot, and so what that God of War does is they take the boss battles, you know, so like there's a lot of boss battles, especially in the third, in the, the God of War, the PS4 game. I haven't played four yet. I don't have a PS4. Right. So it's, it's, it's based on four. So you're playing like, you know, with old Kratos and the kid and there you, you're basically playing against bosses and it's totally cooperative, which I like. Uh, and there's a tableau of cards and it kind of, and they kind of all fit together to make like a big, mosaic of a boss and then you beat different parts of the boss and you flip the card so it like it 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 simulates like the boss changing like the phase changes of a boss battle and i thought that was a really a cool way to kind of handle that it's not a it's not a perfect game i i moved it on to a friend of mine because he enjoyed it more but i'll play it again and in terms of an ip game that could have (laughs) sucked and it didn't suck and i was really appreciative that like a licensed game did something cool, gave you innovation, and was fun. So I definitely recommend God of War as well. All right. So well, there's, I, there you go. Some good IP games. I, yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I need to play the God of War game. That's it a is a strong play. word. <laughs> I, no, think you for, have, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun I, game. I just, I really love the God of War IP. So it's like, that one's just, it's a must try for me. But I don't Absolutely. need to own it, but I need to play it at some point. Uh, I did have one honorable mention. It was going to actually be villainous. That's how much I don't hate it. Uh, it. It almost made the list, but then I was like, man, War of the Ring, though. But yeah, that was one of my honorable mentions. All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much for uh, coming onto our podcast and talking with us and hanging with us. This was a ton of fun, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, man. Where can people find you? I'm glad you asked. Thank you very much. Uh, so I am user Pope Sixes over on BGG. Uh, people uh, send me geek mails every once in a while. I kind of like to receive those. Uh, every Night is Game Night is my podcast. We are on episode 175. Uh, our most recent episode was with Sam Healy. We are part of the Dice Tower. So the Dice Tower is how I met Melissa and Justin. It's how I met Sam, and I have a lot of those guys on there. Uh, every Night is Game Night is kind of solo co-op. That's like my, my taste in games so uh we do a lot with the solo community we do a lot with the co-op community you can see me also at every night is game night uh facebook group you can go ahead and join that group give me a like and a follow and all that kind of thing engn underscore podcast on the twitter uh i'm not terribly active on these things but i'm active enough i'd like to think maybe hopefully (laughs) but i'm definitely very reachable so if you ever wanted to kind of reach out to me directly then i'm more than happy uh, to interact, and that's exactly what happened. I put out a uh, a thread on Twitter. Uh, Melissa responded, and like within a half hour, we're like, "Okay, we're gonna go on each other's shows." So that was awesome. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. This has been another Roll for Thought. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Melissa McCack. Let us know what you think about IP games. What are your favorite IP games? You've been listening to Room Fifty One. have a sneeze that's right there yeah. and it just won't come out oh, yeah. <laughs> i hate that so much <laughs> you can put that in the bloopers <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>